0: Chapter Three. Edmund and the Wardrobe. Lucy ran out of the empty room into the passage and found the other three. It's all right, she repeated. I've come back. What on earth are you talking about, Lucy asked Susan. Why, said Lucy in amazement, haven't you all been wondering where I was? So you've been hiding, have you, said Peter. Poor old Lou, hiding and nobody noticed. "'You'll have to hide longer than that "'if you want people to start looking for you.' "'But I've been away for hours and hours,' said Lucy. "'The others all stared at one another. "'Batty,' said Edmund, tapping his head. "'Quite batty.' "'What do you mean, Lou?' asked Peter. "'What I said,' answered Lucy. "'It was just after breakfast when I went into the wardrobe, "'and I've been away for hours and hours "'and had tea and all sorts of things have happened.' Don't be silly, Lucy, said Susan. We've only just come out of that room a moment ago, and you were there then. She's not being silly at all, said Peter. She's just making up a story for fun, aren't you, Lou? And why shouldn't she, she? No, Peter, I'm not, she said. It's its a magic wardrobe. There's a wood inside, and it's snowing, and there's a fawn and a witch, and it's called Narnia. Come and see. The others didn't know what to think, but Lucy was so excited that they all went back and with her into the room she rushed ahead of them flung open the door of the wardrobe and cried now go in and see for yourselves my you goose said Susan putting her head inside and pulling the fur coats apart it's just an ordinary wardrobe look there's the back of it then everyone looked in and pulled the coats apart and they all saw Lucy herself saw a perfectly ordinary wardrobe there was no wood and no snow only the back of the wardrobe with hooks on it. Peter went in and wrapped his knuckles on it to make sure that it was solid. A jolly good hoax, Lou, he said as he came out again. You have really taken us in, I must admit. We half believed you. But it wasn't a hoax at all, said Lucy. Really and truly, it was all different a moment ago. Honestly, it was, I promise. Come, Lou, said Peter. That's going a bit far, you've had your joke. Had you better drop it now? Lucy grew very red in the face and tried to say something, though she hardly knew what she was trying to say and burst into tears. For the next few days, she was very miserable. She could have made it up with the others quite easily at any moment if she could have brought herself to say the whole thing was only a story made up for fun. But Lucy was a very truthful girl, and she knew that she was really in the right, and she could not bring herself to say this. The others, who thought she was telling a lie, and a silly lie too, made her very unhappy. The two elder ones did this without meaning to do it. But Edmund could be spiteful, and on this occasion he was spiteful. He sneered and jeered at Lucy and kept on asking her if she found any other new countries and other cupboards all over the house. What made it worse was that these days ought to have been delightful. The weather was fine, and they were out of doors from morning to night, bathing, fishing, climbing trees, and lying in the heather. But Lucy could not properly enjoy any of it, and so things went on until the next wet day. That day, when it came to the afternoon, and there was still no sign of a break in the weather, they decided to play hide-and-seek. Susan was it, and as soon as the others scattered to hide, Lucy went to the room where the wardrobe was. She did not mean to hide in the wardrobe because she knew that would only set the others talking again about the whole wretched business. But she did want to have one more look inside it, for by this time she was beginning to wonder herself whether Narnia and the fawn had not been a dream. The house was so large and complicated and full of hiding places that she thought she would have time to have one look into the wardrobe and then hide somewhere else. But as soon as she reached it, she heard steps in the passage outside, and then there was nothing for it but to jump into the wardrobe and hold the door closed behind her. She did not shut it properly, because she knew that it is very silly to shut oneself into a wardrobe, even if it is not a magic one. Now the steps she had heard were those of Edmund, and he came into the room just in time to see Lucy vanishing into the wardrobe. He had once decided to get into it himself, not because he thought it was a particularly good place to hide, but because he wanted to go on teasing her about her imaginary country. He opened the door. There were the coats hanging up as usual, and a smell of mothballs and darkness and silence, and no sign of Lucy. She thinks I'm Susan coming to catch her, said Edmund to himself, and so she's keeping very quiet in the back. He jumped in and shut the door, forgetting what a very foolish thing this is to do. "'Then he began feeling about for Lucy in the dark. "'He had expected to find her in a few seconds "'and was very surprised when he did not. "'He decided to open the door again and let in some light. "'But he could not find the door either. "'He didn't like this at all "'and began groping wildly in every direction. "'He even shouted out, "'Lucy, Lou, where are you? "'I know you're here!' "'There was no answer, "'and Edmund noticed that his own voice had a curious sound. "'Not the sound you expect in a cupboard,' but a kind of open air sound. He also noticed that he was unexpectedly cold, and then he saw a light. Thank goodness, said Edmund, the door must have swung open of its own accord. He forgot all about Lucy and went towards the light, which he thought was the open door of the wardrobe, but instead of finding himself stepping out into the spare room, he found himself stepping out from the shadow of some thick, dark fir trees into an open place in the middle of a wood. There was a crisp, Dry snow under his feet, and more snow lying on the branches of the trees. Overhead there was a pale blue sky, and the sort of sky one sees on a fine winter day in the morning. Straight ahead of him he saw between the tree trunks the sun, just rising, very red and clear. Everything was perfectly still, as if he were the only living creature in that country. There was not even a robin or a squirrel among the trees, and the wood stretched as far as he could see in every direction. He shivered. He now remembered that he had been looking for Lucy, and also how unpleasant he had been to her about her imaginary country, which now turned out not to have been imaginary at all. He thought that she must be somewhere quite close, and so he shouted, "'Lucy! Lucy! I'm here, too! Edmund!' There was no answer. "'She's angry about all the things I've been saying lately,' thought Edmund and though he did not like to admit that he had been wrong, he also did not much like being alone in this strange, cold, quiet place, so he shouted again. "'I say, Lou, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. I see now you were right all along. Do come out. Make it, Pax!' Still, there was no answer. "'Just like a girl,' said Edmund to himself, sulking somewhere and won't accept an apology." He looked around him again and decided he did not much like this place, and had almost made up his mind to go home, when he heard, very far off in the wood, a sound of bells. He listened, and the sound came nearer and nearer, and at last there swept into sight a sledge drawn by two reindeer. The reindeer were about the size of Shetland ponies, and their hair was so white that even the snow hardly looked white compared with them. Their branching horns were gilded and shone like something on fire when the sunrise caught on them. Their harness was of scarlet leather and covered with bells. On the sledge, driving the reindeer, sat a fat dwarf, who would have been three feet tall if he had been standing. He was dressed in polar bear's fur, and on his head he wore a red hood with a long gold tassel hanging down from its point. His huge beard covered his knees and served him instead of a rug but behind him on a much higher seat in the middle of the sledge sat a very different person, a great lady, taller than any woman that Edmund had ever seen. She also was covered in white fur up to her throat and held a long straight golden wand in her right hand and wore a golden crown on her head. Her face was white, not merely pale, but white like snow or paper or icing sugar "'except for her very red mouth. "'It was a beautiful face in other respects, "'but proud and cold and stern. "'The sledge was a fine sight "'as it came sweeping towards Edmund "'with the bells jingling and the dwarf cracking his whip "'and the snow flying up on each side of it. "'Stop!' said the lady, "'and the dwarf pulled the reindeer up so sharp "'they almost sat down. "'Then they recovered themselves "'and stood chomping their bits and blowing.' in the frosty air the breath coming out of their nostrils looked like smoke and what pray are you said the lady looking hard at edmund I, I i my name's edmund said edmund rather awkwardly he did not like the way she looked at him the lady frowned is that how you address a queen she asked looking sterner than ever i i beg your pardon your majesty i didn't know said edmund "'Not, know, the Queen of Narnia!' cried she. "'Ha! You shall know us better hereafter. "'But I repeat, what are you?' Uh, "'Please, Your Majesty,' said Edmund. I-, "'I don't know what you mean. I'm at school. "'At least, I. why was, it's the holidays now.' Chapter Four, Turkish Delay "'But what are you?' said the queen again are you a great overgrown dwarf that has cut off its beard no your majesty said edmund i never had a beard i'm a boy a boy she said do you mean you are a son of adam edmund stood still saying nothing he was too confused by this time to understand what the question meant i see you are an idiot whatever else you may be said the queen Answer me once and for all, or I shall lose my patience. Are you human? Yes, your majesty, said Edmund. And how pray did you come to enter my dominions? Please, your majesty, I I came in through a wardrobe. A wardrobe? What do you mean? I opened a door and just found myself here, your majesty, said Edmund. Ha! Ha! "'said the queen, speaking more to herself than to him. "'A door, a door from the world of men? "'I have heard of such things. "'This may wreck all, but he is only one, "'and he is easily dealt with.' "'As she spoke these words, she rose from her seat "'and looked Edmund full in the face, "'her eyes flaming at the same moment she raised her wand. "'Edmund felt sure that she was going to do something dreadful, "'but he seemed unable to move. "'Then, just as he gave himself up for lost, "'she appeared to change her mind.' "'My poor child,' she said in a quite different voice. "'How cold you look! "'Come and sit with me here on the sledge, "'and I will put my mantle round you, and we will talk.' "'Edmund did not like this arrangement at all, "'but he dared not disobey. "'He stepped on the sledge and sat at her feet, "'and she put a fold of her fur mantle round him "'and tucked it well in. "'Perhaps something hot to drink?' said the queen. "'Should you like that?' "'Yes, please, your majesty,' said Edmund, whose teeth were chattering. "'The queen took from somewhere among her wrappings a very small bottle which looked as if it were made of copper. Then, holding out her arm, she let one drop fall from it on the snow beside the sledge. Edmund saw the drop for a second in mid-air, shining like a diamond, but the moment it touched the snow there was a hissing sound, and there stood a jeweled cup full of something that steamed. The dwarf immediately took this and handed it to Edmund with a bow and a smile.' Not a very nice smile. Edmund felt much better as he began to sip the hot drink. It was something he had never tasted before, very sweet and foamy and creamy, and it warmed him right down to his toes. It is dull, son of Adam, to drink without eating, said the queen presently. What would you like best to eat? Turkish delight, please, your majesty, said Edmund. The queen let another drop fall from her bottle onto the snow, and instantly there appeared a round box tied with green silk ribbon, which, when opened, turned out to contain several pounds of the best Turkish delight. Each piece was sweet and light to the very center, and Edmund had never tasted anything more delicious. He was quite warm now, and very comfortable. While he was eating, the queen kept asking him questions. At first, Edmund tried to remember that it is rude to speak with one's mouth full, but soon he forgot about this and thought only of trying to shovel down as much Turkish delight as he could, and the more he ate, the more he wanted to eat, and he never asked himself why the queen would be so inquisitive. She got him to tell her that he had one brother and two sisters, and that one of his sisters had already been in Narnia and met a fawn there, and no one except himself and his brother and sisters knew anything about Narnia. She seemed especially interested in the fact that there were four of them, and kept on coming back to it. You are sure there are just four of you? She asked. Two sons of Adam, and two daughters of Eve, neither more nor less? And Edmund, with his mouth full of Turkish delight, kept on saying, Yes, I told you that before, and forgetting to call her your majesty, but she didn't seem to mind now. At last, the Turkish delight was all finished, and Edmund was looking very hard at the empty box and wishing she would ask him whether he would like some more. Probably the queen knew quite well what he was thinking, for she knew, though Edmund did not, that this was enchanted Turkish delight, and that anyone who had once tasted it would want more and more of it, and would even, if they were allowed, go on eating it till they killed themselves. But she did not offer him any more. Instead, she said to him, "'Son of Adam, I should so much like to see your brother and your two sisters. "'Will you bring them to see me?' "'I'll try,' said Edmund, still looking at the empty box. "'Because if you did come again, bringing them with you, of course, "'I'd be able to give you some more Turkish delight. "'I can't do it now. The magic will only work once. "'In my own house, it would be another matter.' "'Why can't we go to your house now?' said Edmund." When he had first got on the sledge, he had been afraid that she might drive away with him to some unknown place from which he would not be able to get back, but he had forgotten about that fear now. "'It's a lovely place, my house,' said the queen. "'I am sure you would like it. There are whole rooms full of Turkish delight, and what's more, I have no children of my own. I want a nice boy whom I could bring up as a prince and who would be king of Narnia when I'm gone.' while he was prince he would wear a gold crown and eat turkish delight all day long and you are much the cleverest and handsomest young man i have ever met i think i would like to make you the prince some day when you bring the others to visit me why not now said edmund his face had become very red and his mouth and fingers were sticky he did not look either clever or handsome whatever the queen might say Oh, but if I took you there now, she said, I shouldn't see your brother and your sisters. I very much want to know your charming relations. You are to be the prince and later on the king, that is understood. But you must have courtiers and nobles. I will make your brother a duke and your sister duchesses. There's nothing special about them, said Edmund. And anyway, I could always bring them some other time. Ah, but once you were in my house, said the queen, you might forget all about them. "'You would be enjoying yourself so much "'that you wouldn't want the bother of going to fetch them. "'No, you must go back to your own country now "'and come to me another day with them. "'You understand? "'It is no good coming without them.' "'But I don't even know the way back to my own country,' pleaded Edmund. "'That's easy,' answered the queen. "'Do you see the lamp?' "'She pointed with her wand, and Edmund turned "'and saw the same lamp post under which Lucy had met the fawn. "'Straight on, beyond that, is the way to the world of men.' "'And now look the other way.' "'Here,' she pointed in the opposite direction. "'And tell me if you can see two little hills rising above the trees.' "'I think I can,' said Edmund. "'Well, my house is between those two hills, "'so next time you come you only have to find the lamp post "'and look for those two hills "'and walk through the wood till you reach my house. "'But remember, you must bring the others with you. "'I might have to be very angry with you if you came alone.' "'I'll do my best,' said Edmund.' And by the way, said the queen, you needn't tell them about me. It would be fun to keep it a secret between us two, wouldn't it? Make it a surprise for them. Just bring them along to the two hills. A clever boy like you will easily think of some excuse for doing that. And when you come to my house, you could just say, let's see who lives here, or something like that. I am sure that would be best. If your sister has met one of the fawns, she may have heard strange stories about me. Nasty stories that might make her afraid to come to me. Fawns will say anything you know. "'And now, please, please,' said Edmund suddenly. "'Please, couldn't I have just one piece of Turkish delight "'to eat on the way home?' "'No, no,' said the queen with a laugh. "'You must wait till next time.' "'While she she spoke, she signaled to the dwarf to drive on. "'But as the sledge swept away out of sight, "'the queen waved to Edmund, calling out, "'Next time! Next time! Don't forget! Come soon!' Edmund was still staring after the sledge when he heard someone calling his own name, and looked round, he saw Lucy coming towards him from another part of the wood. "'Oh, Edmund!' she cried. "'So you've got in, too? Isn't it wonderful? And now?' "'All right,' said Edmund. "'I see you are right, and it is a magic wardrobe after all. I'll say I'm sorry if you like, but where on earth have you been all this time? I've been looking for you everywhere.' If I'd known you had gotten in, I'd waited for you, said Lucy, who was too happy and excited to know, notice how snappishly Edmund spoke or how flushed and strange his face was. I've been having lunch with dear Mr. Tumnus, the fawn, and he's very well, and the White Witch has done nothing to him for letting me go, so he thinks he, she can't have found out, and perhaps everything is going to be right after all. The White Witch, said Edmund, who's she? She is a perfectly terrible person said lucy she calls herself the queen of narnia though she has no right to be queen at all and all the fauns, and dryads and naiads and dwarfs and animals at least all the good ones simply hate her and she can turn people into stone and do all kinds of horrible things and she has made a magic so that it will always winter in narnia always winter but it never gets to christmas "'and she drives about on a sledge drawn by reindeer "'with her wand in her hand and a crown on her head.' "'Edmund was already feeling uncomfortable "'from having eaten too many sweets, "'and when he heard that the lady he had made friends with "'was a dangerous witch, he felt even more uncomfortable. "'But he still wanted to taste the Turkish delight again, "'more than he wanted anything else. "'Who told you all that stuff about the white witch?' He asked. "'Mr. Tumnus the Fawn,' said Lucy.' "'You can't always believe what fawns say,' said Edmund, "'trying to sound as if he knew far more about them than Lucy. "'Who said so?' asked Lucy. "'Everyone knows it,' said Edmund. "'Ask anybody you like. "'But it's pretty poor sport standing here in the snow. "'Let's go home.' "'Well, let's,' said Lucy. "'Oh, Edmund, I'm glad you've got in too. "'The others will have to believe in Narnia "'now that both of us have been here. "'What fun it will be!' "'But Edmund secretly thought that it would not be "'as good fun for him as for her.' He would have to admit that Lucy had been right before all the others, and he felt sure the others would be all on the side of the fawns and the animals, but he was already more than half on the side of the witch. He didn't know what he would say or how he would keep a secret once they were all talking about Narnia. By this time, they had walked a good way, then suddenly felt coats around them instead of branches, and next moment they were both standing outside the wardrobe in the entry room. "'I say,' said Lucy, "'you do look awful, Edmund. Don't you feel well?' I'm all right, said Edmund, but this was not true. He was feeling very sick. Come on then, said Lucy, let's find the others. What a lot should we have to tell them, and what wonderful adventures we shall have now that we're all in it together.